Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Final hour of the Monday edition is here. We've been recapping all day the wild card weekend where some teams look great, others not so much, and we see what should be some great matchups going into the divisional weekend. Things will kick off with the Titans hosting the Bengals this coming Saturday at 4.30 Eastern, followed by the 49ers and Packers on Saturday night. That is the Fox primetime slot. And then on Sunday, NBC and CBS with the doubleheader, either the Cardinals or the Rams will travel to take on Tampa Bay and the the, the Buccaneers. That's at 3 o'clock Eastern. Followed by, on CBS, Bills and Chiefs at 6.30. We will preview uh, in about 30 minutes tonight's Monday night football matchup and uh, give you the rundown for the Manning cast and much more. We've got all that straight ahead. Uh, guys, initial... Initial thoughts on the Titans and Bengals matchup to kick off the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. Sack Burrow, Sack Burrow, and uh, and 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 don't let Tannehill get sacked too much. I mean, obviously, you you don't get the check mark in the quarterback column uh, coming into this game. You have to reduce the effect of the excellent quarterback on the other side. This sounds very simple, and and you have to have the run game that is necessary for your side to run its offense and the defensive presence that you've counted on. The Titans front four has been pretty consistent, but there have been a few games where it's been lesser. Mm -hmm. This can't be one of those games where you're going to be in trouble. He's been sacked 55 times, or their quarterbacks, Allen's had a couple of those sacks, but their quarterbacks have been sacked 55 times. You need to pile on. He's been sacked 51. And 25 of the 25 times, Chad, over the final six games of the regular season. Yeah, and I think on the, the flip side of this is the Titans, I believe, are good enough as a running team, even without Derrick Henry, to run the ball on a good rush defense of Cincinnati. And that's before they're down two defensive tackles. So if Derrick Henry is 100% or close to it, and you factor in the injuries now for Cincinnati in the middle of their defense. This is a game where the Titans need to dictate their style of play and run the ball effectively and run the ball a lot against Cincinnati. I'm going to be watching for that. I'm watching what you're saying also. The Titans, people are pointing to, hey, Christian Fulton has a great history when they practiced against each other, against Jamar Chase at LSU. It starts with the pass rush. I'm, I'm, not, I'm looking less at Christian Fulton covering Jamar Chase. No one's going to cover Jamar Chase very long. You've got to get to Joe Burrow quickly, and that's where the Titans need to excel against a shaky uh, a pass protection unit on the offensive line Titans for Titans also hot. Have, uh, when's the last time you remember them putting a corner on a guy and having him track him everywhere? They don't do it. So yeah. the idea that it's going to be Fulton against Chase all game is, is kind of wishful thinking. Chase is going to get his chances against a variety of people. He's going to be doubled. Yes. And Fulton will get his chances, but there are also going to be plenty of plays where Fulton's not involved. 
Well, and then you have Boyd and Higgins who are just, I mean, they're not they're as dangerous, dangerous, but they're dangerous. Yeah. And a run game that's fully capable in Joe Mixon. And th- this is an interesting matchup because the Bengals are young enough to not know that they're a year ahead of where they probably thought we, we, all, we all thought they would be. And to, to now, sorry, Paul, I just kicked you. That's all right. uh, having to go on the road now. Uh, the, the path is extremely difficult. Here in Nashville, and then if, if, if they get past the Titans, it's on to Kansas City or it's on to Buffalo. I mean, it, life comes at you fast here. I, I think, the, the, I think the, there are two main ways, and the Titans have to do both. My initial takeaway on the matchup, two things that the Titans have to accomplish, and I think it's a combination of both of what you're saying. The pass rush, get after Burrow, but I think it's imperative they do it with four. Yes. And, 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 and cover with seven. So that I'm adding a layer to it. The 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 pass rushers who have had success against Burrow, those teams have been able to get some pressure with four, and the Titans have been able to do that at times, especially when Jeffrey Simmons and Danico Autry are humming. And you've got uh, on, on the edge now Dupree and Landry, and there are others there too. But again, consistent pressure with four, cover with seven. And then I, I think the, the other key to this is it's not as much about 100 yards, 150 yards, or whatever whatever number you want to put on it for Henry. I think the it, it's a formula that we saw against the Miami Dolphins uh, here in town. It's a formula that the Titans used against San Francisco. Uh, both of those games were wins for the Titans. Um, th- th- this is a, a run-oriented game plan where you're trying to slow and control the pace. And a long drive... In in some cases, can count not near not not as much as a, a scoring drive, but it counts for something because you're limiting possessions by extending your own possessions. You're limiting possessions for Burrow and that uh, that offense. Extremely um, explosive offense, and one of the reasons why they came back in the game against San Francisco on Thursday Night Football. Yes, Garoppolo was turning it over, but possessions were hard to come by in that game. I think there were like seven or eight possessions total in that game that that that's kind of the remedy here and that's how you slow down what is a a young and explosive offense with multiple weapons that can immediately get you back into a game one thing despite the 51 sacks this guy just keeps coming back it really hasn't and i mean i think we say the same thing to a degree about Tannehill. um yeah he hasn't been he hasn't played nearly as well as we've come to expect him to play but it, it doesn't seem like it's a result of the sacks it's not like he gets up from the sacks and seems like I worn the, down or wary. I think the offensive line has improved in that it area. Has. It's gotten you better. Know, the, the Bengals last have month. just kind of been the same group all the way through. Yeah, they're in not regards particularly to the talented. Pass rush, yeah. So I, I, I think that's where the Titans hold a, a clear advantage, but they have to take advantage of of that matchup. I think that's where they can win. They can win in the trenches, um, but can they do it consistently? Because and there is no doubt that the Bengals' offense can take over the game. And we're on concussion watch. Hendrickson and that right. concussion is a big deal. Um, you know, and I, I'm not a fan. I'm a, I'm a reporter. I'd like to see the Titans play the best version of, of the, the Bengals. I'd like to see Hendrickson out there and see how, how this matches up. Um, they're already without, you know, you're talking about the, the two interior defensive linemen. Um, One placed on injured reserve today. And um, one starter, his backup is hurt. And then they have Mike Daniels, who's a rotational player who's also banged up. I mean, they're, 
Their injury concerns are in in the trenches on defense. Yeah, injury reports this week we'll be looking at the orange side, not the yes. blue side. Yes, generally speaking. I also like this matchup because it's new. It's yes. the first time we've seen it this year. You've got nothing but rematches if L.A. wins tonight mm-hmm. and they face Tampa, and this would be the one uh, matchup that we haven't seen this season. There's a lot of newness with Cincinnati that people are excited about. New for them to win a playoff game for the first time since 1991 was one of those new things. And this amounts uh, that's, to... Uh, that gets me excited for this, this game. Me too. This amounts to eons ago... But we talk about the Titans' propensity, not just this year, but in the Vrabel era to play down to their competition. Last year, one of the games they played down to their competition was against the Bengals. And we're talking about the ability to rush the passer. Well, their ability to rush the passer last year was against a team that was playing a bunch of backup offensive linemen. Yeah, but they sucked at that. They went to Cincinnati. And, yeah, they sucked at rushing the passer then. Different personnel. They had 19 total. And everything. But they lost to a much worse version of the Bengals. It was a much worse version of the Titans, too, but still a division-winning version of the Titans, and they laid an egg in yes, Cincinnati. Uh, I would hope. Game. I would There's hope. going to be some little nuggets from that game that Zach Taylor and Mike Vrabel call back, echo back to. For sure, and I would hope that Zach Taylor and Joe Burrow are preparing for that Titans pass <laughs> rush no. in this game because if so, they're in, they're in yeah. for a rude awakening. If you're the Titans... You hope that they're expecting what you saw a year ago well, from a pass rush that well, could not do anything. They uh, recognize that Autry and Dupree were not on that uh, I would think so. I would flip it, too, and say that Bengals fans that may hear this are saying, well, we won the game, and our defense was atrocious a year ago. That's true. They, they have improved greatly in their run defense. They've improved in their pass rush. They have one less sack in the regular season than the Titans did. You know, Everyone's boasting about the Titans' improved pass rush. The Bengals are really benefiting from that group as well. And Henderson was a free agent addition, much like Dupree. One of the five best in the league. And he wasn't banged up through the first part of the season. And the 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 big spotlight player is Derrick Henry mm-hmm. in this game. Of, of what am I expecting? What am I looking forward to? I'm looking forward to seeing what it's like when Derrick Henry trots onto the field for the first time and the ovation from the crowd uh, in Nashville and how effective he's going to be in this game because – it is still a difficult injury to come back from, and he's done so quickly. So there are questions about what exactly he's going to look like in this game. If he's full go and he looks anything like Derrick Henry we've seen in the past, that is great news for the Titans. Did you guys see the video that uh, Dr. David Chow from, from OutKick uh, put out I've not last seen week? It. Go back and look at it. It's on, it's on my timeline. It's on his, his timeline, obviously. It's very interesting how... And you guys, I'm sure, relate to this, and you've, you've dealt with it before. You look at something. So this is a day I didn't stay for the practice portion. I think it was the only day they were on the field last week. And everybody took video out there, all, all the other Titans reporters, uh, you know, focused on Henry throughout. You know, and you tweet, looks pretty good, right? And to our eyes, it looks pretty good. And Dr. Chow takes this video and talks over it, and he's like, hey, I don't disagree. looks pretty good, but... What, look at this one where he cuts off his left foot and compare it to this one where he cuts off his right foot and he talks you through it. And as he's talking, mm. you go, hey, I see what he's saying there. It doesn't look the same. You can tell the difference there with the medical person talking to you over it. And it was discernibly different. Now, you know, how much better is that? In a week, it'll be better, but it's not going to be substantially better. And I just, 
I'm not convinced we're going to see the Derrick Henry. What an 80%, 85% Derrick Henry looks like could be great, could be something different. I'm not getting my hopes up at Derrick Henry. I'm getting my hopes up that Derrick Henry, as a, as a piece with Deontay Foreman and, and Dontrell Hilliard, increases that running back by committee that's been quite good without him. Um, but I think a lot of people in Nashville are thinking, you know, the same guy's running out of that tunnel that ran out of the tunnel at the beginning of the Indianapolis Colts game when he got hurt. I think that'd be miraculous. It would be a special moment. I mean, what? Oh, it's going to be a special moment when he comes out. No, yeah. Don't get me wrong. But, uh, you know, I, I'm talking about the overall product. There's no way to me that he can be this, the same right out of the game. Well, here's the thing that it's going to disappoint Titans fans to hear this, but if he's not the same or something happens. Deontay Foreman is capable. He's been very good. I feel very confident in saying that the way this offensive line has been run blocking, the way the Titans play the game of football, Deontay Foreman can be very successful. He can continue to do so in the playoffs. So it's not, you really want Derrick Henry. It's not the end of the world. If he's not exactly the same, I still believe Deontay Foreman can be successful uh, behind this offensive line, and we've seen it when, throughout the season. When Henry went down and they, you know, Vrabel came out the following, I think it might have been a Tuesday that week for whatever reason, or it was Monday, and he said he's having surgery tomorrow. And then, you know, that Wednesday, they started talking about what they were doing going forward. And Vrabel said on Wednesday, we, we do not want to change our identity. And Downing, Todd Downing, the offensive coordinator, the next day, had some clever ways of putting it. I can't remember the phrasing that he used, but he basically said the same thing. We're not going to change our identity. I think you guys were probably like me, like, good luck with that. No, I, no I, we came in here and discussed how they can't. They're built for this. They can't just alter and go to the, the next play call. There's not a different playbook no, for them. Right. They're, they're built never to run the thought, football. Yeah, but I never, there. I never thought they'd be able to do it to the degree oh, that yeah. they did it. Now, I'll say this, Chad. Um, I understand what you're saying about running the football. I can tell you right now, Derrick Henry's not going to fumble Saturday. No, that's the one thing. Yep. In a high-pressure situation with the better defenders ripping at the ball the whole game, that's the knock-on-wood thing from the Titans' perspective. Dontrell Hilliard or Deontay Foreman, Could a much fumble. higher likelihood of uh, fumbling the ball and turning the game that way. And I'll give you another guy who's very capable of that, Ryan Tannehill. Mm-hmm. if he's pressured, is uh, very, very capable of fumbling at the worst possible time uh, for the Titans. So that, no, that's another down. thing to watch. What settled down down the, down the stretch with the turnovers. Coming up, we will get into a variety of topics, in, including what Mike Vrabel had to say today. Paul's got some things to watch for uh, this coming week uh, as they begin practice tomorrow and what would be a normal Wednesday for them on a Sunday kickoff. Move it up a day, and they're coming off the bye. Um, some interesting notes on the the off week compared to the Bengals. We'll get into that as I make a note to bring that up. Plus, um, just some news around the league. I'll tie in what Jordan Schultz was saying about Flores and Deshaun Watson and how they speak almost daily, according to Schultz, and what that means for teams that are interviewing Brian Flores. On top of that, the Raiders are interviewing for head coach, but currently they have their general manager in Mike Mayock. Or do they? Because they're requesting 
general manager interviews as well. At least I'm assuming that's what the position is for. It's not like they're interviewing an executive for head coach, and they have put in requests for other teams to grant permission to speak with their executives. And correct me if I'm wrong, Paul, don't you have to be interviewing for a general manager job to to uh, be in a position to do that for a team to grant you permission? I believe so. You have to have uh, decision-making power. Yeah, so here, here's Mayock in limbo in Vegas. We'll run through the list of names that have already started to, to trickle out on who they're asking uh, to speak with, both the head coach and executive. It's all coming up on Outkick 360. The Raiders are going to interview Gerard Mayo, Patriots assistant. So that'll be the second or third opening that he's interviewed for, or will. I know he's interviewed in, let's see, Denver for sure, or will, and now Vegas. Denver's the one that's confirmed that asked for permission to interview him. Still nothing on Houston there. Um, but they have interviewed in Houston uh, Flores. Ziggler, uh, Dave Ziggler is with the Patriots. He's also, uh, he, he's their director of scouting, director of, excuse me, director of player personnel. And the Raiders have requested permission to interview him. They still have Mike Mayock under contract as of right now. This is an indication that's not going to be for very much longer. But They're looking at alternatives. It's, odd. And, it's and, one thing to look at alternatives to Basaccia, who is right. interim. Mike Mayock is not interim. And they've also, on top of uh, Ziegler, they have asked to speak with Ed Dodds, who is the assistant general manager to Chris Ballard in Indy. So those are two. Now, Dodds is a name you're going to start to hear more about because the Bears are apparently uh, also going to chat with him. Um, they are also the Chicago's also interviewing Eberflus, the the Colts defensive coordinator. So there's a pairing there, um, but it sounds as though Mayock's in his way out just based on the the interviews that are taking place. So if he's not. How exciting to stay after they interviewed yeah, some alternatives. Yeah, I mean teams. that's it's it's bizarre, uh, a bizarre situation. Um, the the Bengals Titans matchup. Something to mention as we go into the week. The Titans have, let's see, they've had two bye weeks and a mini-buy within the time frame since Cincinnati's had a week off. Cincinnati has now played 10 consecutive weeks throughout this run. They've locked up their division, and they win a playoff game. They're riding high, and they're playing well. The Titans have had two bye weeks, full bye weeks, counting this past week. And then the Thursday night game in December where they had the the full week off prior to facing the Miami Dolphins. Which, you know, sounds great from a Titans perspective. Certainly is in terms of getting rested and healthy. May not be early in a game. Titans traditionally slow starting. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, you got a team coming in riding a wave. Just won its first playoff game since uh, texting was invented. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, so... Yeah. These things can go different ways in terms of what it means, particularly at the beginning of a football game, but sometimes for a whole football game. We'll go back to that quote from Kevin Byard, who said, you know, last time we ran into a number one seed, we beat them up pretty much start to finish, and we don't want to have the feeling of, uh, you know, here we are, home game, number one seed, feed up, all of that stuff that Baltimore had in 2019. Um, Mike Vrabel today. Said the Titans are energized. Lots of compliments, more even than usual, of the opponent. 
So it talked about uh, Chase and Higgins and Boyd being explosive, uh, emphasized no turnovers from the Bengals in their last five games, rattled off that Mixon's third, um, third in carries, um, third in yardage, um, said every yard is critical, every play is critical, every decision that you make is critical um, heading into this game. So um, featured a lot of coach talk, deflected a lot of questions about specific guys, um, one about Shane Bowen and relationships, one about from me about Taylor Lewan's progress from the beginning of the season until now, um, like a superhero with the shield, uh, deflecting everything Such back. Such difficult questions. Yes. Yeah. Uh, can't talk about any individual. So what you're saying is postseason Mike Vrabel is in full regular season yes. Mike Vrabel yes. mode He's, where he doesn't want to answer anything. Well, everything gets more intense, including yes. Mike Vrabel's deflection of uh, easy questions. So Torrey Carter's back on the roster. He's just their bruising fullback, one of them. Um, He's uh, activated for his practice window off IR. Okay. Um, and they placed another player off of... They placed, as a practice squatter, uh, Jordan Wilkins, off the COVID practice squad onto regular practice squad. He was activated for the finale and got that one of those penalties I talked to Ackerman about that resulted from Nick DeZubnar getting mm. the special teams moving in the right direction. So uh, is, help me with the injury situation now for the Titans. Other We, we harp on Henry. What Naquan Jones didn't okay. play in the finale and Murchison didn't play in the finale. That's it. I wrote about uh, injury-wise, I think yeah. so. I, write about, I wrote about Kyle uh, Pecco today. He, in the eight games that he's been active, and I think he's played pretty well and gotten steadily better. He's a run stuffer who had a sack in the last two games. But in all but one of the games he played, going all the way back to New Orleans, somebody's been out hurt. I think Tart has kind of landed in the doghouse and has not played that well when he's been healthy. He could be the odd man out. There was one game where he had them all up. Um, but defensive line between Tart, Murchison, Paco and Naquan Jones, I think somebody's probably got to be down um, when you've got Autry uh, also. Um, so we'll see what sorts out there, unless Naquan or uh, Murchison has something that lingers. Those are the two guys I think that could potentially have something. We also don't know who got hurt in that last game. Uh, Fulton wound up back, and you would suspect he's fine. Elijah Molden had something in that game. I'm not positive if he came back to finish or not. But there always could be a mystery injury from that game that cropped up in Monday's training room that we haven't seen an injury report since then. So there'll be some curiosity about that tomorrow. Were they back today? Were the players they back They were back today? in the building yesterday. So they, But they're not on the practice field until tomorrow. They might be. They might have been on the practice field tomorrow. They might be on the practice field today, but I don't think an injury report has to come until tomorrow, which is their Wednesday. Gotcha. So, so they have. They were back over the weekend, and they would have known. I get. I mean, you're. I, I know you don't assume any, anything in this league, but as soon as all that was left was Pittsburgh, Kansas City, you you knew that Cincinnati was going to be the I opponent. I think they're probably right? leaning hard that way. Well, and they were already kind of diving in on them because this Chad the one team they haven't played. It's the one team you don't know since last year. So, And the one yes. element you haven't faced at all is Chase. And once they had won, you knew it was either them or, or Pittsburgh. So, so that kicks off uh, wild card weekend. Here's an update, though, on our playoff teams. So we, we drafted these playoff teams uh, a couple of weeks ago. This is prior Hold to week 18. Second. 
I just I had uh, two other things about yep. Cincinnati yes. that might be worth knowing. One, uh, fourth down. I wrote down Torrey Carter. I think I think Torrey Carter would be a big help to this run game with or without Derrick Henry. He's better than Kari Blassen game at the super physical point of attack stuff. So if he's activated this weekend or next weekend, provided they win, put him down for a little boost for the run game. He's better than Kari Blassen game. Kari Blassen game is more versatile, but in terms of blowing up somebody at the point of attack, Torrey Carter's better. And a special teamer at that. Yeah. You know, he'll be, he'll be playing all those phases. Fourth down. Um, Cincinnati is pretty good. On defense, they're second in the league. They've held people to 39%, 7 of 18. So if you've got fourth down, go for it situations, that probably factors in. Offensively, they're third. They haven't gone for it a ton. 20 times, I think, is only like in the mid-20s in terms of going for it. But they've converted 65%, 13 of 20. So Zach Taylor, I think, has a little bit of analytics in him from the McVeigh tree. Um, but he picks his spots, but they do pretty well in their spots. And we talk so much about the wide receivers, right? Uh, Chase, Higgins, and Boyd. Uh, you're familiar with the tight end because you had him on a fantasy team. C.J. Uzuma, um, he had 49 receptions, 493 yards. You say Spurdy, five touchdowns, which is the same as Boyd and only one less than Higgins. Um, you say they tend to come in spurts. For yeah, him. I mean, he, he has um... – he has a couple of touchdown games where, you know, he's two touchdowns, two games. touchdowns, then he goes a month and a half without scoring, you know. But in terms but of yeah, another option who can get into player. the end zone uh, beyond their two wide receivers, there's another one for you. Let's one, see who's winning on our playoff list. Sorry. Uh, one other quick Titans note. Um, Jarrell Casey's going to be the 12th Titan, the honorary Titans figure uh, before the game. Is this his first public Titans contact since he said the, the franchise threw no, him out no, like No, he trash? came back to retire. Okay, they so have he has big, been back big ceremony for okay, him. Okay, good. Uh, also, you good, have the I mean, referee. That's great either yeah. way that he's coming back to do this, but I didn't know if this was the first contact or there's been something else. He was also happened. at their game against the uh, Rams. I saw him on the sideline there and chatted with him. Cleet Blakeman is the referee you reported earlier or read somebody No, saying. yeah, the, the league just released He's it. the um, sixth most. Uh, his crew threw the sixth most flags this year. Now, this is not his crew, so... Yeah, he's got a couple he's of guys. A crew. He's got a couple of guys from the Vinovich crew, um, from the Torbert crew, I believe. Uh, it, it, so it's hard it's to mix gauge and match. what it will be like. Uh, but th- he, as a leader of a crew, they were heavy-handed. Well, uh, Blakeman, this is now his. This will be his fifth divisional round, which means that five, four other times he's been a finalist for the Super Bowl. He has called a Super Bowl too. Um, but traditionally, the Super Bowl referee is chosen from the, one of these four. And, yes. the, and the four is Cleet Blakeman uh, for Titans-Bengals. Ron Torbert will be uh, the white hat for Packers and 49ers. Sean Hockley will uh, be the lead ref for the Bucks against either the Rams or the Cardinals. And then John Hussey is with the Chiefs and the Bills to close things out. And I and Eagle Charles Davis are doing the broadcast. Now we get to the the playoff teams uh, and, and just to see who's remaining and our confidence level. So the top three uh, are Chiefs, Titans, and Packers. We know everyone uh, has has escaped the, the first playoff round. Two of us had, had a bye there with our first two picks. Uh, meanwhile, Cardinals play tonight against the Rams. 
And we have uh, the Bucks and the Bills uh, advancing for Withrow and PK. Chad, you've got the Rams tonight. PK with the Bengals. And I have the uh, Titans Cardinals as my remaining teams in the postseason. So all of us are down to at least three. I'll, I'll take my three. Oh, Chad's got four. He's got Sam Fran. I've got four left, yeah. Yeah, you're in pretty good shape. My right? 49ers coming through yesterday against Cowboys team I never believed. Four left. In. So you're so one of your so you've got LA My 49ers I picked last. By you've the got way. LA and Tampa. So one of those two, even if you win tonight, will be eliminated uh going into the NFC yeah, championship. What are we losing game. this weekend? I could conceivably come through with an AFC championship game and an NFC with Bills entry. Packers. Yeah, yeah absolutely. With, it's an, it's this is a great exercise. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the Chiefs are uh, for me. Chiefs, Chiefs, Bucks. I, I do not believe in the Rams. Chiefs, Bucks are my best chance, and that's why they're my first two picks. And Hutton could have a Super Bowl there conceivably as well, but he's really banking on the Titans. Well, let's let's talk Cardinals. Cardinals and and Rams coming up this evening. Um, and I personally. No real good feel for this game at all for me, based on both of these teams, because of the the inconsistencies of both. Um, wild swings. We have seen signs of greatness from the Cardinals. We have seen mediocrity at times from the Arizona Cardinals. Same goes for the Los Angeles Rams, who even at the trade deadline were still trying to get uh, pieces and adding Von Miller, uh, they they go out and and they sign on free agency. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr., who was released during the season. These teams played back on December the 13th. And Arizona, after already winning against the Rams, they beat themselves. Um, they had red zone turnovers against L.A. They had to settle for field goals uh, when they reached the red zone in, in other cases. And then you had Stafford on the other side who may have played his best game of the year the last go-around against this Cardinals defense. He was, in the second half, he completed 11 of 13 passes um, for a boatload of yards and a couple of touchdowns. It was impressive, and Cooper Cup has been nothing but impressive throughout all of this. He he is the one uh, deciding factor if I was picking a, a, a team in this game tonight. To me, it's just... The, the weapons around Stafford versus what Murray's working with here. Well, Hutton, you mentioned earlier about a, an elevation game for Dak Prescott and Josh Allen this past week, and only one came through. I look at the matchup of these two quarterbacks, and both this is a prove-it game for both for different reasons. For Matthew Stafford, it's come through in the clutch on a good team because you spent your entire career putting up good numbers and having a great arm in Detroit – and for Kyler Murray, it's it's a chance to show, hey, I, I'm more than a highlight reel sort of novelty act as a quarterback who is shorter, who can really run and do some different things and can come through in the clutch in the playoffs. I mean, look, every playoff game we could go through and say, boy, this is a big opportunity for these, this quarterback in this game. That's true for every quarterback who starts in a playoff game. But, but I think this is a fun exercise in – can one of these quarterbacks take it to the next level starting tonight, going head-to-head? I agree with McLean. This is the beginning, and hopefully for their sake, not an end of a referendum on, on the Rams' approach here. They've thrown all in, and their all-in only lasts for so long because the guys they're all in with aren't young and, B, 
are expensive as a result of being veterans that you're trading for. You're trading away draft picks. That's great. But the draft picks come with low costs and the veterans come with high costs. You can only sustain that for so long. You need to make it work and you need to make it work now. If they were to lose to Arizona tonight and it were to be one and done for them, that is a massive full-scale disappointment. I like them given the three even. I'm wondering about the 48-and-a-half over-under, uh, which I feel is – shockingly, I feel this number is dead on. Oh, you think it's right on? So, so uh, Chad, I agree with you on the elevation uh, front of, the, of both quarterbacks. The pressure factor is completely different, and, and that's what I was alluding to with Allen and with Prescott. The pressure they're facing – to now take it to a next level is nowhere near. Uh, it, it, it's so far above what Kyler Murray's facing. Way right looser. Now. In year, in year Way three, looser for Kyler Murray. They make the postseason. He's in year three with Cliff Kingsbury, where uh, Kingsbury had a lot to prove, and they make the postseason. They're eight and one on the road. Uh, they lose this. Well, they lost to their divisional opponent that went all in with a veteran quarterback who was drafted in 2009 and has played for one of the worst franchises gets traded quarterback for quarterback and some other big picks in exchange for them going all in with Stafford for him to bring them, you know, that championship and trophy. Stafford's never been in anything like this. There's more pressure on him by far. In never this game. been in anything. Close yeah. I, I agree with that. Uh, I, I like Kyler Murray. I want to see it work out with him ultimately in Arizona, but the pressure isn't as big as Matthew Stafford, but it's, it's an opportunity because there's questions about Kyler Murray also. There's bigger questions about Matthew Stafford, and those questions are only going to get even bigger if they lose a home playoff game tonight after everything they invested and all they did to make this team the team right now. I'd like to see the Rams do well, but this is one of those games I was talking about last week where I don't know how I want it to go until I see him on the field tonight. Well, they've got... So the Cardinals... Here's, to me, what the game comes down to. Can the Cardinals, without Hopkins... Take advantage of the middle of the field. And this is where the, the, the trade deadline with Ertz plays a factor because we've all pointed to, and I say we all, like media-wise, we point to the Rams and what they did with Von Miller and what they've done with all these acquisitions. Well, Ertz was an all-in move too. Ertz, Ertz helps them tonight because they don't have Hopkins and you've got the Rams who have uh, injury situations going on at safety. They've got, they signed Weddle. He's playing tonight. He's activated. You know, they've, they've got a lot of questions in their coverage opportunities. Can't, can the Cardinals take advantage of that without Hopkins? And when they get into scoring range, they've got – this goes without saying, but it's, it sounds easier, than, uh, easier, easier said than done for Arizona as of late. They've got to get touchdowns, not field goals against the Rams. And over the last – let's see, the last 21 trips inside the red zone, the Cardinals have scored just eight touchdowns. That's terrible for how this offense is built uh, with the, the way we saw them open the season, what, 7-0 and and then really get rolling and only to backslide into the postseason uh, towards the end. That, the final six games, eight touchdowns on 21 red zone trips. They cannot just settle for three That's tonight. a bad rate. Yeah, well, they're kicking a lot of field goals tonight. That's that's, that's also, I think, good. the effect of Hopkins not being there. I mean, that's the, that's the back end of the season when he's been – sitting out They're, they need him back um they do it's it's funny we we touched on this last week when we were proving some of these games without Hopkins there kind of makes me feel like 
Jalen Ramsey's going to be looking around like, what do I do? Who do I? Well, stop? you just you just mentioned Fulton. I mean, watching the Rams, they don't put they don't put Ramsey on the the best player. They play side to side, and they're they play a lot of zone. Yeah. Still, um, I, I think for the Cardinals to win tonight, you're talking Ertz. I think they'll they'll need something from everybody, and they've got a nice diverse group of receivers from Green to Moore uh, to Kirk. A lot of uh, one of everything we've talked about in the past. I think they'll need something from all of their one-of-everything guys to win, and they're completely capable of of doing that. I don't expect anything from J.J. Watt. I think, you know, anything you get from J.J. No, Watt like there's, there's always some – he he has a tendency on these large-scale games to come up with something. Like, I, I don't put it past – like, there's a prop that you can get that's only, like, plus 140-something that he'll have – he'll record a sack in the game. Like – People expect him just to to fall Walk into in somebody, and do something big. Yeah, someone trips and he he's there. Like you know, he's he's forcing a fumble and someone else gets the scoop and score. Here's what I expect: uh, an annoying number of camera shots of him, maybe on the sideline. You know, testing it, testing it. Well, I've already seen three videos of him walking into the stadium. There you go, <laughs> right now. Well, he's back. How's he walking? And then walking off the field at one point where someone said, J.J. Watt's really locked in. It was <laughs> him walking past them, going to Excellent the he's walk. Got, listen to music. and Solid walk. Look like a guy walking back to the locker room to me. Locked in. I, I don't discourage that attention. The dude's three-time hey, defensive I, I, player I of the year him. and a future good. Hall of Famer. Like He walks into a building. I want a camera on him if I'm a producer. I love him, but I'll be sick of the, the ISO shots by, by halftime if they're not ISO shots of him doing things on the field, but rather ISO shots of him getting his helmet we'll discuss who uh, uh the odds makers say is the tougher opponent for the tampa bay buccaneers it's not that big of a difference but in the the, the way the visual rounds go a point or two to me is a you raise an eyebrow based on the matchup i'll, I'll explain that coming up plus we'll tell you about who's on the manning cast tonight if you're interested in, in tuning in for that broadcast of this playoff matchup between the rams and the cardinals that's next on outkick 360 so we've got one playoff game remaining, and uh, earlier today I took a look to see how odds makers felt each opponent would impact the spread against Tom Brady and the Bucks. If the Rams advance, the spread was at four and a half as of today. Now you can't find that, for instance, on FanDuel any longer, but the spread was four and a half in favor of the Bucks. Um, it goes up to six if it's Arizona traveling. And again, Arizona. If they advance to that game, they would be nine and one on the road this season. I, it, that that would be extremely hard for me to overlook. Rams are better defensively, though. Um, certainly on the star star laden end, right? Yes, with, with Ramsey, oh, yeah. Ramsey and we've Donald. seen Bucks Rams. We've not seen Bucks Cardinals. An, another factor to consider. That'd be round one. Yeah, I would think the Rams would give them a better game, though. I I wouldn't rule out the Cardinals doing something, but I'd feel better about the Rams. Chad, uh, we have a rundown for the Manning cast. Tonight. I'm ready. I'll be watching. I'm a, a loyal Manning cast guy. I am too, I'll but I was week. thinking tonight that I probably will watch more of the regular broadcast. I usually don't watch it at all. Depends how the game goes for me. Like if it's a, when it gets tight in the fourth quarter, I'm going to go to the, the regular broadcast. when or if 
Yeah. Because we've seen some blowouts. Throughout well, I'm the, just saying in general, when any of the games get really tight in the fourth quarter, that's not go to the normal broadcast. Uh, so the guest tonight, first up, Larry Fitzgerald uh, with Peyton and Eli, followed by The Rock, and then Russell Wilson returns. This is where Russell Wilson announces he's out in Seattle. Uh, this is going to happen on the Manning cast. I don't tonight. want to repeat guest. I'm against that. He's back on. I think they want um, – th- th- there is a clear connection with the division here. Well, and more in-game analysis, perhaps. He'll be more – Well, yeah, they maybe. love quarterbacks. Because of what you're I saying. I mean, they're going to love talking no, to but because of what he's game. saying, he's familiar with both of those defenses and right. will be able to tie into the game I better. I hope that's what it as is. As opposed but, to But again, like if you're, if you're tuned in, you're looking for the conversation, right? The Rock will be good, um, but could come across as too staged. I thought that Snoop Dogg on there was perfect because it was the perfect mix of, you know, he had the death row chain for Eli, but there was nothing that felt forced or staged. He was just very good reacting to what was going on in the game with the Mannings and talking about the Mannings. So, um, but it should be good. I have zero interest in The Rock, but I hope he entertains me. (laughs) He is an entertainer. Yes, he is. Marcus Mariota. He's also a very, very rich man. Marcus Mariota loves him, which is another reason I have zero interest in The Rock by association. Uh, Marcus Mariota lives in your head. Marcus Mariota loves The Rock? That's oh, what yeah. you remember about Mariota? Yeah, exactly. Well, There's I think very little to remember I, about I Marcus. think that's funny that Paul brings up uh, thinks of Marcus when he thinks of The Rock. Of all the of all the things, the of all the annoying done. things about Paul, Marcus, that's Paul one does of them. not have. I feel like you don't have a very good grasp on the Rock's career. If the only thing clearly comes to mind not, is, he played. You the know, tooth Marcus fairy. Mariota likes the Rock. He played the Tooth Fairy. He's played. Uh, played a lot. That sounds like played, something you would watch. Played. Uh, I didn't watch. Played a version of uh, Buford Pusser and Walking Tall. Sorry, I brought it up. An all-time classic was the original Walking Tall. So I'm. I'm taking the Cardinals tonight. Simply, look, I, I, I could see this going either way, pretty, pretty easily. I think Arizona has improved in their run game enough to where they can, they can settle in when things start fast for the Rams. I, I do think the Rams come out firing tonight. I feel similar to what we saw from the San Francisco uh, 49ers yesterday. I feel it's fitting that you stick with the Cards. You've been a Cards guy all year. You'll look good if the Cards win. Um, I'm with the Rams, and I'll give the three. I, I want the Cardinals to win. I want this Rams experiment to fail. But why, why? I can't look past the fact the Cardinals have seemingly gotten worse as the year went on. And I've got a problem with that going into the playoffs. I think the Cardinals are the better team. I think they've been playing even worse than the Rams. Um, you like people Because I want the Cardinals picks? to win, I'm going to... I'm gonna go Cardinals. You like people, and that's over- my bet tonight. I, I pick Cardinals money line. You like people overvaluing picks? People overvaluing draft picks. Yeah. You're saying? No, I just I, I don't. Because the Rams are helping. For come whatever back reason, back. I just don't like the Rams. I don't know if it's it's. I don't have nothing particular against Matthew Stafford. I just don't like love the makeup of the team. All right, not a Rams guy. But you're not I, against, I'd rather the you're Cardinals not against them trading for real. No, look, I am always for people who go for it, and they went for it. I like that. Okay, but I don't like how they went for it, if that makes sense. I'm all for you doubling down and going and getting the best available guy and going for all of it, going for the bundle right now. I'm fine with that, going but I don't bundle. like how they went for the bundle. The The trend over the, the regular season was pretty much 50-50 on road teams winning versus home field advantage. Yeah, way to wind up. Uh, it was right at 50-50. It's and amazing. it's it's not the case so far in the wild card round. However, 
it, it was the trend we were used to seeing. So in, in the past three years, home teams were 4-10 and 10 in the wildcard round in the NFL. And over the last four years, 6-12. and 12. But in Super Wildcard Weekend, just we saw home teams win four or five games yeah, with one game to go. Exemption. Yeah, so, you know, the, the Rams' home field advantage, maybe it works out for them. The Cardinals don't like playing at home. Look at their record versus what they do on the road. They hate the desert. <laughs> they do. Hate it. Enjoy uh, Monday Night Football, playoff football. We are back tomorrow to recap it. Paul, enjoy the Hall of Fame selection. Thank you. I, uh, I look forward to sending you text about things other than what's going on in the room. Don't block the box. Do lock your locks.